Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kitties around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Danny, Jimmy, You're listening to Footy Prime the Broadcast, a broad perspective of all things footy. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. How's it out west? Are you out west? I'm out east. I'm in Toronto right now. Oh, okay. Whereabouts in Toronto are you? Junction, I think. Yeah, you're right down the road from Dan Wong's house, which is vacant right now. You can go trash it. We're at the construction junction. What's, What's your function? Your function, yeah. Oh yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um. What the fuck? No, What's I just. What brought? I hope I didn't bring like a sand flea back from Dominican. I just saw a little like thing crawling on my computer. Maybe the sand. <clears throat> Maybe the sand flea can host. Oh, God. Is it a flea from your dog? Oh, no. It would be. Well, yeah, probably. They're pretty gross. Can you even see those? Can a naked eye even see those? Well, yes. I saw something. Yeah. No, it's, it's part of my finger now. <laughs> Whatever. Um, do you want. Well, you, you can host. You're a great host. No, I know. But there was a dog. There was a flea. I mean, I feel like they're probably better candidates. <laughs> Well, you know, list. <laughs> you're a strong fifth choice, Amy. Well, out, of, out, of, out of those two, you're a fifth. <laughs> oh, I'm sixth, Amy. So good job. Okay. <laughs> oh, I had you at three. So. <laughs> you was in the three hole. Yeah. I jumped in at four just because. Yeah. No, you should be. And then there's then right there's doves. Yeah. Wicked. All right, well, up the rear. Up all right. Rear. this is what's called a ginger tan when you go away for eight days into the Dominican. Well, we know all about that. Not the ginger part, much just of the charms is chagrin, but Rian's freckles just join and I, I burn do. and then tan. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sand fleas, freckles, dogs with mullets. <laughs> Pulling in all the listeners. 
holding up the rear. Oh, God. Get in there, Ames. All no, right. don't skip Get it. Get in the rear. <laughs> no, I don't endorse that. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Oh, here we go. How you going? Or how you going? How you doing, pal? Good. Which yeah. pal? You. Huh. Also, baby J. JC Slater. I thought you'd get that. <laughs> I hope. Do you get that? Not. Oh, is My... that um, Saved by the Bell? Yeah. Okay, there we go. We, yeah. Did we just alienate you again with that reference? You did. I have not caught up oh, yet God. to the first one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I got to go deal like with a, a dog with a mullet. And a, potentially a dog with fleas. And a sand flea. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Oh. So it was good to see you. I'm back home. I'm home based dubs. I'm back home in St. Hilaire, just outside Montreal. I'm in Walsh. I'm here with Ian Wilkinson. And I'm visiting our mutual friend Diane Matheson. So I'm That's I'm pumped to be out in Toronto and it was really good to see you. Yeah, I got to see you two days in a row, which never ever happens. No, it doesn't. And it was it was great. So we got to celebrate uh Diana's Bachelorette. Yes. Which was amazing. Yes, can we say more about her bachelorette? I think it's not not it's, the nitty gritty, not the details. It was heavy on on Matheson themes. Yeah, lots of puzzles, lots of puzzling. Yeah, um, which did I you stayed, contribute at all? I stayed very peripheral. Yeah, which was I think good for everybody. Yeah, I was involved. I was heavy in the the character. I was the gnome away from home who was unemployed. That's as much yeah. detail as I got, but but really, yeah. that's about as much as I contributed. Yeah, I mean, at least they had some belief in you. Um, yeah. It was a murder mystery, and I was murdered early, and just lay on you the floor. You were, yeah, and you you went you went all in. I appreciated it. I did. I got a pillow, and I just lay in the middle of the floor of one of my best friends. I I attempted CPR. <laughs> you refused. You refused. I did. CPR. You didn't want mouth to mouth. I offered. No, rather not. Can I jump in for two seconds? I'm so sorry. Uh, it's okay. The idea of going to a murder mystery party and getting murdered mm. and being able to just chill out on the floor for the party sounds fantastic. It was yeah. amazing. It that was sounds great. So it was a brief kind of chill out period. And I have to say that Rian, as much as um, Rian likes to be involved and then checks out fairly soon, Rian was heavily invested. So it was some very good acting. <laughs> of, of being heavily invested in being dead. Yeah, no, but you good. You you, you good. You good. You good. good. You could play. Corpse. Maybe yeah. You could be a corpse on like you know CSI or something or oh, yeah. one of those shows. I actively tried to fight life saving techniques. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's right. She didn't play a very good dead person. <laughs> Get away. <laughs> Although I was disruptive. You were. Yes. You were. <laughs> when Which when asked. Best. It's true, and I love that when asked who you thought the murderer was, you named people that weren't even there. That's how invested you were. <laughs> and you very quickly intervened as a person who, who knows all of the people involved, the personalities, mm. what they lend to the game, and how they can also detract from the game. And you said, mm. Catherine, her. Diana's sister, please skip Amy. And ev- <laughs> no one really put up a fight when you Everyone suggested that. We, Just skip yeah, that one. We moved past that. Yeah, but, uh, and I lay on the floor and took part in none of the puzzles, and I won. I no, won. You were heavily involved in in not, the, the yeah. There was a lock the on room. like this little yeah, with mm-hmm. like some dubious book choices that were all clues. Yeah, and all star, and, pretty much all Star Trek. Yeah, and we should say that Diana and her two siblings, Catherine and Stuart, um, were 
were kind and that they invited everybody else in, but really this was a Matheson party. It was for them. We were just on the outside looking in. Yeah. Their plus ones pretended to participate, but we were definitely peripheral. I was dead and um, (laughs) you were enjoying making fun of everyone. So we all had a role to play. It was great, (laughs) but I loved it. And it was a great time to celebrate Dee and her partner, Anastasia. And uh, then I got to come back to Dee and Anastasia's place with you and have supper on Sunday. And that was a treat because I have to say, working the World Cup, what a privilege it's been to, to watch all of the football, to watch all the storylines unfold. Aaron McLeod, it should be also said, is doing a, a heck of a job, um, as well as all of our counterparts in Australia. Great job covering the World Cup. But it's it's an isolating kind of thing to be on like the night shift. And then I was away from my family for 12 days, which felt like a really long time. And as much as I was talking on podcasts on air um, and very much enjoyed all the people that I was working with, it's been a fabulous experience. Um, I needed to have like chats where I was connecting with people. Like I was missing out on that, that intimacy. And so it was really great to to see you guys, to give you lingering hugs that you hate. My sister, Bonnie, by the way, sends, um, sends a long, lingering, uncomfortable hug your way, yeah, which I'm sure you. you're, Thanks, you'll, Bonnie. you'll love. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but that, that was, that was my fi- favorite bit is to was see everybody and, and chat and to see Robin. I hadn't seen yeah. Robin Gale in so long. Robin, it should be said, played a very active role in that murder mystery. And um, she, she did. did not get the straight arm from anybody. She was welcomed in. And uh, yeah. I think she was. Uh, a she ended up being the murderer. <laughs> yeah, I know. She murdered Maybe me. Maybe that's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's great goodness. to see you. And off hours. This is an amazing World Cup. I think the winner, the, one of the biggest wins of this World Cup is the expansion of the teams mm-hmm. and how unpredictable, unpredictable it's been. The hours have been rough. And so you yes. guys, um, you know, Claire, Carm in Australia, but you and Aaron, um, at, as well as all all the others that are doing such a great job covering mm-hmm. the World Cup, um, the hours have been rough. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure I can only imagine, especially when you have have kids and a family, how hard it is. So good yeah. job, Amy. and like solidarity to all the people who are showing up and and watching at these hours and setting alarms and uh, across the country, right? Whether you're West Coast or Prairies or East Coast or Maritimes, Newfoundland, <laughs> coast to coast, but across yeah. the world, I think people are are tuning in and there's lots of eyeballs on this tournament. And like you said, like there's always surprises. There's always like the Cinderella stories. There's always the dark horses. Um, But that's what we're here to chat about. Yep. So me and you like getting a chance to see one another, which is, which is terrific, but, but this world cup and and what it means. And unfortunately bad news for, for Canada, but that's why we're here. So I'm Amy again, this is Rian and this is footy prime, the broadcast. And we're here to chat all about it, which is awesome. So did you want to dive into like the, the recent results, like like today's results, yesterday's results, or did you want to get stuck into to Canada? I think we got to start with Canada. I, I think, think we do too. You talked about getting up early and I'm just so excited. And um, I watched it uh, with Diana and her partner. So that was, I usually like watching on my own, but actually watching with someone as invested as I am in the success of the team was was nice, but also I think made the heartbreak a little more painful. It wasn't mm-hmm. just you in the room, but yeah, a hard game. Yeah, how was it, it calling it? I must say, really it was yeah, it was very difficult. It was also the, the 
the way that it happened and the way that it was so quick, you know, that there, there was nothing from Canada to sort of stave off that attack and the, the exposure in, in those channels, especially that left-hand side um, with Ford and Catley and how they just seemed to break at will um, down that left-hand side and, and Revere didn't really do much to, to stop. But I think Canada collectively, that, that defensive identity um, that won them gold, I think was severely lacking throughout this tournament. So to go back to your question, like for, for me on the call, I felt a little bit kind of shell shocked. I, I felt like that goal went in and then the, the second goal came or was it the second goal that came off the set piece uh, or was it the goal that was called called back? back? Yeah. And so it just seemed to be, you know, goals coming fast and furiously and no response from Canada. And I just felt, Oh my God, like what I, I felt like I was reeling Mm. And and couldn't really. I would. You're, you're meant to be objective, and you're and you're calling the game, but you're just hopeful that you would see some pushback, and just seem Canada just seemed to have no no spark. So I don't know how you saw it from your perspective. No, I mean, there's no way to be fully objective. So first of all, mm-hmm. I, that's why I think it was. Yeah, you did a great job. But um, thanks, Ray. I think like the what you, I there was no bit of being cheated. There wasn't like, oh, we were close there. There was nothing. We were outplayed in all ways. Um, so in that, in that kind of, with that kind of context, you just have to be like, well, look, this was not Canada's tournament. Um, I think we had key players missing and mm-hmm. then key players on the field were not fully healthy. I think that was pretty obvious looking at yeah. it, but it's not about excuses. I think that's what I don't want. And I hate it when other countries do that, make excuses for it. I think, um, if anything, this is a call to action. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, you know, I think for, for starting a league in Canada, I don't care what people, people argue about now. This is, is so clear to me that for the future, just getting, um, more depth, giving our players more opportunity to play so that we've got those players underneath that can step in when our, when our top players are injured, like mm-hmm. we just, it's such a big gap, um, and for the now, you know, not enough of our players are, are playing. And yes, for the next few years, players, our top players will be in Europe and the NWSL, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about getting that next tier of player um, somewhere to play so that we keep that base as broad as possible for as long as possible. And um, that's my biggest, I think, takeaway from this. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard because we needed Canada to go further to keep the excitement about Project Eight alive, so that it doesn't just yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Doesn't just dissipate and all that disappointment. Mm-hmm. But um, well, yeah, you could say arguably that perhaps the obviously I agree with you. I think that you want to to promote that that more positive narrative and following Canada on a deep run in this tournament to to keep that conversation going. But maybe the flip side can also be true that the, 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 the negativity and the conversation around the why is Canada out and, and the reasons for that and all the, the good points that you just brought up, um, maybe that sparks it even further as a reason to, to get behind Project Aid. But it, but it, it is a good point. But um, My fear is it's the soccer, the people that already understand are already on board. It's the people that are teetering who are like, why would we invest in something like this? That's my fear. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That, that uh, coming back to the game, it's not an excuse piece. This is like, let's make sure that this, this unfortunate tournament in so many ways um, means something 
and is actually a catalyst for change because yeah, I was part of those three when we came forth and it was a catalyst to nothing. So in that same way, I'm, I'm making sure that these tournaments that are not as strong as they should be, just like the ones that are, that we do really well in mean something. And we mm-hmm. did win gold at the Olympics and now we've crashed out of a world cup. So what does that mean for Canada? What can it mean? Yeah. And, and maybe to, to play devil's advocate, maybe the disappointment that, you know, maybe viewing this as a, as a failure, maybe that's more of a catalyst for change because three consecutive podiums culminating in a gold medal, those certainly weren't catalysts for change. So Not maybe, enough, it, maybe it, maybe it has to be via the negative. Maybe this has to be the call for to action. You know, the fact that, that this team crashes out, it has to be. Cause I think like the, the, the juxtaposition of, of Canada against Australia on that pitch Canada not really being able to summon anything like that, that Canadian identity, like in the first half, Rian, we didn't give away one foul. I'm not saying you look to fouls and cautions as, as the Canadian identity, but if, if we can't boss people around in that regard, when we can't seem to get anything going attacking wise, we don't have that defensive solidity. Like, what are we, what are we clinging to? And so like Australia, they have their A-League in place since 2008. And yes, most of that roster or most of that 11 are not playing in Australia. They're playing at top leagues in, in Europe or in Scandinavia or, or um, in NWSL. But that base of players, that pool of talent has the infrastructure to grow. So there's so much more to pull from. Whereas you just said it so brilliantly that, you know, in, in, in Canada, we just don't have that. We don't have the pathway and then we don't have the investment in the youth programming. And I'm sure we'll dive into this a lot deeper with with D, Diana's going to join us um, later this week, and we'll get into sort of that 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 piece about about the future and what comes next and how Project Eight can step in. But um, yeah, to to bring it back to to the field for a second, I, I just didn't see anything. And 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 again, and this is what I wanted to bring up. And I'm just taking a long time to get there. I'm seeing a lot of, you know, this this false dichotomy. Uh, for this, uh, the false, I don't know if I'm saying it right. I think so. About it, It's so easy to make it about one or the other, about two things. And you see this so often with politics that you're either on one side or the other. There's no nuance. There's no gray area. So is it is it a failure of, you know, the, the performance on the pitch or is it a failure of the federation? It can be both things. Both things can be true. It can be a nuanced um, not excuse, but reasoning for this team not progressing further. It doesn't have to be one camp or the other. It doesn't have to be the fact that the CBA is unsigned, the fact that this team was still embroiled in discussions um, and conversations about negotiations and getting a short-term deal for this Women's World Cup and the weight that that put on this team. Um, but it can also be a failure to perform. It can be all of that. It can be all of those things, and it can be all of the things that we're discussing more broadly. Um, so I, I just think that sometimes what's lost in that is, is, is looking for the solution and the answer because you're too busy being on one side of the argument or the other. Yeah. I mean, I did see a really interesting uh, tweet and I don't, I can't prove it, but it did say that every single player on the Australian team at some time or another has played in their professional league. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. I mean, you yes, they, they are in Europe, they are in North America, they're in Scandinavia playing, but they all had at some time or another used this league. Um, 
which I think is a good argument um, and probably a good example because it's not viewed as like a top, top leak straight away. That's not what project data is trying to emulate, but it is an example of, of what it does give you. Um, in terms of your argument about one thing or the other, of course, there's nuances and everything. I'm, I'm really concerned about making excuses right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like the argument, well, Nigeria doesn't have a contract. Sign. Every team should be going into this tournament with an agreed <laughs> contract with their federation. It doesn't make it better. Um, in fact, I hope all these teams quickly are, are getting those things over the line. Um, I do think it's a move to professionalism in the women's game. This stuff happens maybe more regularly on the men's side. I don't, I don't know. But there's always a distraction. There's always a storyline. I even think Norway going on with uh, Hege Risa and her players, people love the extra story here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've, the Federation, the argument, the Canadian women wanted the attention on it. They needed the attention on it. Now they're in the tournament. They don't want the attention on it. They just want to focus on the game. And it's hard to flick that off and on. Um, but mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. Of course, it's played a part. Some of them can handle it. Some of them can't. Um, just like all things that come up as distractions in a tournament. You're right. It's not one thing. It's not the other. And I think it, it, it impedes a conversation moving on to something and looking for, for solutions. Project aid is certainly a solution, but you know, you look at the teams and, and that people also hate the, we we've achieved in spite of, Mm. and then one argument that's been out there is, the work that Canada soccer did in conjunction with the USSF and the Mexican Federation to pay for player allocation Mm -hmm. and to say that they did their piece or they did their work and they had their investment in Canadian women to place them. And you were one of those women Mm -hmm. um, in the NWSL to give you a chance to quote unquote, follow your dreams um, in a, in a pro league. And that's great. But how many players was, was that, you know, how many players were you investing in at that point? Is maybe 14, 15 per calendar year in the NWSL that the Federation was paying for? It changed as it went. But it started, I think, around, I can't, 15 to 8, I can't quite remember, so I don't tell you the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. That was a Band-Aid solution. Mm-hmm. Those players that were getting allocated to the NWSL at that time were probably the ones that had opportunities elsewhere, abroad. They just wanted them in the NWSL um, to make sure that the league straight away had as strong an opportunity as possible with the biggest names. I say air quotes, I've done it again every turn <laughs> it. Um, the, the, the from Mexico, Canada, and the US making sure the top players, the most um, recognizable names were in uh, that league. Right. Meant that Canada soccer um, allocated or helped support pay. And we're not talking about a lot of money here. Just, just so you know, I was in my early thirties and I was living with a host family outside of Boston, about an hour outside because they couldn't get anywhere closer. And I shared a car with three other teammates. Um, so that was what my allocation paid for. Um, so we're not talking about big money. And this, this is sort of, um, it was a big thing by the association that at that time I have to say that this hadn't happened it was really groundbreaking but it was never meant to be um the the future ideal for this country this is where where do our young people play and Mm -hmm. i keep i keep harping on this my opportunities in europe occurred because i have a british passport and i've talked to vanessa Gilles about it at length the reality in canada and i need to make this so so clear is 
hopefully you're fortunate enough to go to university and play the sport. You play through your club, your province, get these opportunities, and hopefully you're going to a U sport team or you're going to the U.S. and you have a scholarship. Once you graduate, if you are not already with the Canadian national team in some form, um, your career is finished. You will play possibly for um, one of the, the amateur leagues that are starting now in Canada, which is great. That's what we've got right now. But that is not um, the next step in getting to the national team. So Vanessa Gilles had a French passport, like uh, Clarissa Larissi. Like these are women who check their generational charts, they check their family trees, and they apply for international passports. Um, it's how you get seen and recognized now. Um, if you don't have another passport, you're done. That's the reality in Canada. And that's mm-hmm. what that's what hurts me the most is we have this idealism in Canada of how great we are and how equal we are as a society. And it's such a low progressive crap. And forward thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really fucking is bullshit. Yeah. In what other in what other and I'm talking as a soccer player, but this is for sport. Just if Canada's soccer can't achieve this, like what are we expecting from our other athletes and other sports when we're mm-hmm. one of the most visible? Um, that at, you know, at 21, your career is done. Thank you for your efforts. That's insane. We wouldn't allow it anywhere else. That's what gets me is it, it just wouldn't happen. And it takes us going to people and saying, well, do you have a daughter? Do you have a sister? You know, did you love your mother to try and get them to, to have some sort of compassion for what we're trying to achieve, which is we don't think our careers right. should mm-hmm. end at 21 and not everyone will make the national team. Yeah. That the interest That's- has to be qualified. It fucking blows my mind that, you know, you, you get investors or you get people that are talking about, um, you know, league one or, promoting women's sport and it's i have a daughter or you know i have a mother oh do you breaking news you have a mother like it's 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 so tired and like to to just go back to the nwsl piece so yes canada soccer did something so i think correct me if i'm wrong that ran from after canada hosted the world cup in 2015 and it stopped in 2021 so it was a, a six-year in investment in that player allocation, which yeah. didn't end up being a whole heck of a lot. Um, and it was an investment in a league that is there to develop American players. It's not there to, to develop Canadian players. And I think we probably have, you know, around, around a dozen to 15 players or Canadians who are there. And in the last NWSL draft, the only Canadian taken in the top eight, I believe, eighth, was a dual citizen. So you're, it's, it's you not a, it's international. There you go. And this is, this is the biggest thing for me. Why don't we have, why don't we have a Canadian team? in the, There is no homegrown talent in the NWSL. So even if we were to have got a team in Toronto or Vancouver or Montreal, any academy associated with those teams, those players could not work their way up to the senior team, they'd still have to go in the draft and mm-hmm. they'd still be considered international. So those dual citizens you're, you're um, mentioning, the reason they're drafted is they don't count as an international. You have that, a finite number of those on every team and you have a cap. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you'd have a Toronto NWSL team or Vancouver because there was, there was rumors that Vancouver wanted to get in in around 2018, like that Whitecaps mm-hmm. team, but they were unwilling to flip that ratio. 
to make yeah. it Canadian driven. So your investment in development of Canadian players would still be next to nil. Right. And all those academies underneath that are already running couldn't graduate players onto the, the top team. So the, the problem still exists. Uh-huh. The same issue still exists. So, I mean, I, there's lots lot we could go into there, but yeah. Um, for me, watching, let's go back to that. I think Sinky spoke so well after such a such heartbreak, um, which is such a such an amazing part of of Sinclair. Just uh-huh. heartbreak, the tournament not going the way she wanted, and she's still able to um, hold it together and and talk about what she hopes um, can now happen in Canada. Uh-huh. Sophie as well. And then Sophie like Jesse so and Jesse Fleming, like her heartbreak, of just letting Canada down. And, yeah, that just um, was was yeah. crushing to me to hear her say. Uh, I think it was something to the effect it was a, a a bad night to have a bad game or something to that effect. And yeah, I just I just night felt to have a bad game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, and Sophie to have that she's on field as as the player um, being interviewed. Um, that, that runs sort of nationally that runs along with the broadcast and, and just to, to watch her and to watch her face and the emotion watch wash over her to have that realization that it was the last time that she was going to be playing with sync. Yeah. You know, that was the last time that we'll see Sophie in, in, in team Canada colors. And I just think like, what a, what a career she's had and along, along, along with sync, but those two players and, and Desi Scott, who's not who's being not there. there. I was going to mention Desi. Yeah. I think it's, I think this is a good moment. We're both former players just to, for the public to understand finding the right time ret- to retire is impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. If you get it right, you only recognize it years mm-hmm. further down the line, because if you get it right, you still had something in you. And so the first year, two years for some people, you're thinking I could have, I could have still been playing. Mm-hmm. And so there's that like anger, resentment, like, I wish I'd done this. Right. So that's, if you get it right, if you get it wrong, you're playing and you're just not up to speed. You're not just, you're, you're what you used to be able to do isn't there. And then you end up having to retire being like, Oh, I should have retired earlier. I'm not right. talking about anyone specifically. I'm saying we really need I'm to get getting emotional here. Listening to talk about it. It's even the best. I was so lucky. I got to retire healthy and on my own terms. And even then, that first year after I retired, I was broken. And I'm one who I think got it pretty right. Like my last year on the team, I was on that baton was being passed. You know, um, these young players were definitely taking my starting spot and I played a role, but it wasn't what I was used to. And so I was yeah. able to walk away. But how many people in our lives um, haven't had that choice? I mean, Ames, you had a kid and your career was ended for you. This yep. is and Martina is, as well. And I Martina, think the fact that we had kids at, like three days apart, we had our first. Yeah, and uh, and you're you're kind of gently pushed in, pushed into re- retirement, and you guys calling me after you won the the bronze medal on that on that bus, and like I was up at the cottage, like I only sort of digested it and and came to terms with it later, like how lucky I felt to be included, but I wished I could have played out that cycle. Like who knows if I would have been a part of that team that mm-hmm. won bronze in London, but I was never given the opportunity to try. No, it was taken from you. <sighs> it was taken from me. But that's the, that's the sort of a microcosm of, of, of the experience, I think as, as a female athlete. And I think these players where, you know, you see Sophie with 200 and 
20 some odd caps and sinky. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. In excess of 320, don't know what the exact number is. We won't see that again because the professionalization of, of the club game um, it has, has just grown leaps and bounds. So, you know, and, and the FIFA calendar and the international windows, you're just, you're just not going to see the, the same amount of time spent with national team sides, but my career, that was all that we had. Like that was my sort of quote unquote professional career, aside from a couple of stints here and there mm-hmm. in WSA and, and other, and other spots, but that's, that was it. So for that to be taken or to try to weigh and find the perfect time, it's, it's, it's just on a knife's edge and you never know whether you get it right. And then you only, when you get perspective, do you, can you think, okay, I did get that right. Or that wasn't the right time. And for me to find my way back to the game, it took a while because there was so much um, pent up resentment and bitterness yeah. because it was decided for me. Yeah. Completely unfair. It's a, uh... Yeah, I there's what happened. That's a whole other episode, Ames. To, to... No, I know. I'm having an episode over here. <laughs> <doing this>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. DJ checking in. Yeah. Getting me, man. Like, it's, yeah. Like, shit. It's, yeah. it's also maybe the lack of sleep, I have to say. Uh-huh. But it's not... going back to the players on the pitch, like to, to see Sophie be going through that in, in real time and the composure, not only that she showed on the field. So, Canada, I would say, like, arguably only had a great 45 out of out of six, if you're breaking those three group games into two. Yeah, and, and great she to was stretch. Such, yes, and she was such a driving force yeah. to that second 45 minutes against Ireland. And she showed the same humanity and, and class and, and dignity on the field after in, in her words and her accountability. Um, and that's just everything that she's meant to this program. Uh, completely. I, what I also think we need to acknowledge is that it's really easy after these things happen to to lay blame. You want to put blame on people, whether it's the federation, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the players or this. You know, we said it on the last podcast. We thought Sophie should have started. Yeah. Right. Sophie could easily have taken that moment and been angry and frustrated and sort of let that out. We've seen that happen in this tournament. And it is a testament to our players that their first thoughts with their hearts broken, like their hearts are broken. Bev's heart is broken. Everyone went into this tournament and they worked their butts off. They didn't skip any, any corners. They did what they felt was right for this tournament and for each game coming up. And it didn't work. And instead of laying blame on other people, which, or, or anything, they mm-hmm. took it on their shoulders. Sophie spoke for her team in a mm-hmm. moment that could easily have been a personal frustration that came out. Jesse spoke to her country 
about letting them down. Sinky spoke to how do we make this better for Canadians so it never happens again, right? Yeah. Bev standing up there and, you know, whether you liked her decisions or not, you have to appreciate that this woman had a clear plan for the tournament and it didn't work. But everything she did, she did because she felt it was the right thing. Whether we agree or not, we don't have all the information. We don't know who is actually sick or hurt. We don't know. We're guessing. Um, And that's something I think we forget that we're not in the inn out here. And we were former players. We know more than most people, but we don't know. And you're, yeah. you're on the media calls and I'm not, you've got more information, but we didn't have all the information. So that was what I, yeah. I come away still so proud of these women. I mean, the performances were not, not great. It wasn't a great tournament, but even in that heartbreak, they represented us really well. And I yeah. loved how they spoke and, the media. And in the face of it. And in, in the, that, like you said, where y- you see the emotion and you see where it can go wrong. And uh, they they all handed themselves with with class and and dignity and and I was so proud of them for that. But to go back to Bev for a second, I agree with you. Like I I I think that as somebody in in media, I think that maybe you wanted to see or I wanted to see a little bit more accountability. But I love the fact that she didn't throw her players under the bus. I really like that. Um, but I think Bev got it wrong. Hmm. I I think that you know couple podcasts ago, you said, like it or not, and it was a risk that she was going to take to continue to build this team around an aging Christine Sinclair. And I think we knew that game against Australia was going to be highly physical, and it was going to be highly transitional in nature, and that Sinclair was going to be behind the eight ball if she was utilized, and Bev decides to start her. Um, And I think when Jessie gets injured, I think that she can't pivot because that's who you want that team to be sort of built around and maybe you don't have that luxury because how fit is Jesse Fleming mm. and she can't be as influential as you'd want her to be. Um, but I think that starting 11 was wrong. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I listened to a podcast the other day and Jill Ellis was on it. She how dare she- you listen to another podcast? Yeah. And she <laughs> said she makes her plans five months ahead of time. Christ the, people, the people interviewing her were like, this is amazing. This planning, this understanding. And Jill was talking about rule clarity and she was talking about people have to get their heads around it. And I was thinking like, what? Five so months? Even you as a coach to hear that you, you found that kind of staggering. Well, I, I learned my trade under one of the best planners in the game. And that's John Herdman. Mm-hmm. And so did Bev. And it's what the women's game was lacking before this new generation has, has started coming about. And this incredible tournament now is an example of like of, of good coaching as well as great players. I think it's the, the level of coaching has, has gone up and big part of that is planning. You plan for worst case scenario, you plan for best case scenario, you plan for subs. Um, and the key is how do you stay flexible in that? And so Bev could have come out a hero in this because mm-hmm. she did believe strongly. She clearly believed very strongly in her decision-making. Right? Well, I think you have to, or you there's no opportunity for success. But also, if you start to question yourself in tournament, that's a big problem. So I think I said it in another podcast. No, I didn't agree with her decision-making. But what I will stand by is she's a good coach. She brought home Canada gold. She obviously knows what she's doing. Um, I've worked for her. I know her well. I'm not defending her for no reason. I'm defending a coach who had a plan, 
who stuck with her plan. I felt it should have changed, but I don't have all the information and I'm going to stick with that. I don't know who went into that game injured. I don't know if Sophie was carrying some kind of injury. So so that's where I'm going to put that caveat in because I don't disagree with you, Ames, like the whole time, but I'm sitting here at home with my opinion and I'm not sitting in the hot seat with the whole, you know, list of information that she has. So it's too easy. I hate that we always end up blaming the coach. Obviously. <laughs> um, what a what a surprise, Rian. What, what a surprise. surprise. <laughs> I think the players didn't perform to the levels they know they could have and should have. I I think that they have to take it. You know, the federation needs to take some blame. I think mm-hmm. Bev needs to take some blame. But I love that Jesse Fleming, with heartbroken and apologizing to the nation, made sure to thank the staff. I've yeah. I don't know a lot of the staff now, but I'll say one thing: Canada Soccer has done well in the past is they've hired great people yeah. in these positions and they've brought in wonderful staffs. And I, I thought whatever happens now in the future, um, the, the, that team backs their staff, like maybe yeah. not for, they back them for this tournament, the work they did, they know that they, they gave it everything they had and it didn't mm-hmm. work out. Yeah. And that's something, be, happens. <laughs> that's something you brought to light when you came on, on the pod on a news and dubs and you had been in camp um, for the nation's league with, with John and you yeah. talked about how important it is to, to highlight and to lift up these people who toil in the shadows and yeah. who sort of get caught in between, you know, the blame um, <laughs> that we're levying at the Federation, I think quite rightly. And, and maybe the, the blame on these players for, for not performing, whether it's the men's program or the, or the women's program for, for quote unquote, not showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, through all that, through thick and thin, there are these people who who are there for the players and who are are doing right by by Canada and by those players trying to do their best on on the pitch and and they deserve all the accolades. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'll highlight it again and thank you for bringing it up. I mean, when you say Canada soccer, you're talking about the whole organization, and there's some major things that need to be addressed. I'm not shying away from that. I think the fight is still ongoing, but there are so many people that work for that organization who I think the world of Mm -hmm. that do so much work and are so proud to do everything they can to help support the game we all love. Right. And so every time we say Canada soccer, we're first hurting the brand and we're hurting all those people who are not decision makers in that way, who had no part to play in that, who work on their own, underfunded as well, and under um, staffed to make sure things continue to go forward because we are in dire straits in Canada and our federation. There is no money. Now that's a problem at where it is and how it's not there is another question, but it's the the people that are working there now and keeping it afloat that I have a lot of time for and that I'll keep trying to mention, right? Um, because they shouldn't be forgotten in this. And it's too big of, of a thing to say Canada soccer, like going after the whole thing at once yeah. is, is unfair. Yeah. Well, we, we've chatted for a wee while now. And before we move off it, though, because we're, we're going to switch gears when we speak to, to Diana tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the, this Canada game, so I want your input as a coach. So when yeah. we, we look at Canada, did we really see their identity? I mean, that, that sort of suffocating defense, we didn't. And I, it was a very disjointed backline, mm-hmm. backstopped by a very unsure 
and a Kalen Sheridan that didn't really resemble the Kalen Sheridan that won NWSL player or goalkeeper of the year and the best goalkeeper in CONCACAF. I think that she looked like she lacked confidence and was doubting herself. So those are those are two important pieces to to Canada showing up and and being very, very hard to beat. And I think, you know, Canada's two victories against Australia in the fall. Um, I think there were only five players um, that were on that pitch that were involved in that victory and none of that back line. So does that play a part, do you think, in in that back line being um, unsure, especially that center back duo with with Gilles and Buchanan? They did not resemble sort of that that defensive masterclass that we usually expect from from those two really steady and reliable um, defensive players. And always all of that. that. I mean, um, from front to back in every way, this looked like a destabilized team. And what I don't like is we kept playing backwards. We weren't brave. We weren't turning forward. We weren't taking people on. We weren't using width and going. I think um, Jordan did it a few times. Tree did it when she came on. And I you have to do that. You've got to break teams down. You, there's passing, but then there's taking people on. You've got to use the both. And the way Australia played, front-footed, coming in a group, you had to skip that pressure. So whether that's with a chip ball in behind or whether it's an up-back through, you, you've got to actually pull them out to then use the spaces in behind. So whether it's in behind their midfield line or in behind the back line to stretch them, yeah. we never stretch them. No, we and, saw them press. They were not press resistant at all and just tried no. swinging that hopeful ball, most often looking for that um, left-hand um, side or that left channel with, with Ashley Lawrence and Jordan Heidema and never connecting. In that first half, Canada yeah. never got behind that Australian back line. Didn't do and it they once. They never were, but they weren't ever going to get behind. Like no. that's, But that was the opportunity. They had space in front of their back line and behind their midfield line because they had a high press and a dropping back line. But um, even if Bev was screaming that at the top of her lungs, the team would never have taken advantage of that because they were almost no one wanted the ball. And when they got it, they gave it away. And so they had to give it away or they lost possession because no one was open. A confident team, you've got two, three options. You're moving off the ball. It was so stagnant. And that's where I do have to defend Bev because you could have the best tactics in the world. But if you've got a team that just, isn't able to perform your te- what you want from them, what are you meant to do, right? Um, and then as you're behind in the game and you're out, you take huge risk. And so a lot of those goals came from real stretch and um, both fullbacks being high. Um, I, th- I think our back line was carrying injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've spoken about it before, like Ashley Lawrence yeah could be one of the best players in the world. She drives me nuts as a result. I think it's dangerous that she she has played for the best teams in the world um, and will continue to in Chelsea because she needs to be challenged. I think she's someone who can cruise and she cruised and she couldn't find that next gear because she hasn't had to regularly. Um, Do you think that's the- part of, of, that, of that narrative, like the lack of respect in terms of individual honours, but also Canada getting respect after that gold medal win? Is that... Other than Christine Sinclair, like if you look at, say, Jesse Fleming to a lesser degree, but specifically Ashley Lawrence, that 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 world class quality and, you know, she's the epitome of a, of a modern fullback can can absolutely be the catalyst for the attack in that channel. There's been arguments to see her in the middle of the park, but we just don't have the depth to do that right now. But she never 
elevates her game to the point where she's able to say, come along with me. This is the level that I'm setting. Everybody, let's go get your level up there. We, and we don't see that type of, I don't want to call it on the field leadership because um, that's not really what I mean. I just mean the, the type of, of level and class and quality that I think we come to expect from Ashley Lawrence at club. It never translates fully to the international stage. So is that, I don't think it has recently. I think it does when we see, like, if you're not being challenged every week to, to find that next year of fitness, Ashley is scorching fast. Yeah. I didn't see her hit full, full speed. So maybe she's got something. I don't, I don't know, but even that fitness that she is the epitome of a modern fullback, but she's not a top quality modern fullback in these games because she's not getting up and down consistently keeping the ball. Like that changes a game, that kind of energy that comes. Jade Riviere can do the same thing. She's got a lot of the technical abilities, um, has been injured. Yeah. Right. And wasn't able to bring it the same way. You got Chappie coming in who is just going to play a more basic style of the game, but gets forward with real purpose. And in some ways it's more dangerous because when she goes forward, you know exactly what she's going to do. She's going to put the ball in the box. Yeah. And, and you need somebody like that arguably to set the tone. So is that another, not to lay blame, but would there not have been an argument to shift Lawrence to the right away from Carpenter? She doesn't get pinned at, pin back potentially as deep, but then you had that, that left side with Catley and Ford for, for Australia. So maybe it, it was, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other, but then you take Revere out and you put Chapman in and you get that Canadian kind of identity. You know what you're going to get, you know, how solid she is, you know, the attitude and the mindset that she's bringing. And she had maybe the bright spot of the game for me when she, she says either to the, to the bench or to the referee, when she's called for that foul, she fucking jumped into me, you twat. And I adored that. Yeah, I mean, I don't laughing. know. You, you heard me on the on the uh, broadcast. I had to I had to mute myself. I had to use the the cough button because I went <laughs> and like laughed. And I just I just adored it. But we didn't see that kind of spark from anybody else. So is that maybe a selection um, in terms of of players that Bev could have utilized? And then you mentioned you alluded to the injuries. So you've got Buchanan battling illness and, and injury form arguably, but injury and Fleming through the middle of that park or through that spine and then Sinclair. So, I mean, that right there is, is a, not an excuse, but how are you going to break that press other than a hopeful long ball? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, you can't really go through them and they were coming. I mean, credit to, uh, to Australia because with um, Fowler, Von Eggman and, and Ford, mm-hmm. um, that, that trio up mm-hmm. against uh, Gilles and Buchanan. Like yeah. we, we didn't stand a chance and didn't really adapt very well. No, we didn't adapt at all. I mean, I really wanted to see Sophie and Chappie start this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted Chloe to start the game. Um, okay. so that's- the Chloe piece, because I just, I feel like we're running out of time. Yeah. Why was, why is Bev so stubborn? Like she's the, <laughs> the reticence, I know that you're talking about like, yes, there's a flip side of that, that you have your plan and you stick to your plan and you can look like a hero or you can look like, like a dope basically. Right. D- depending how it goes, but she's so reticent to use two players and, and you look at your roster and the lack of players in, in very good club form. And you have two in Lacasse and Vienne and you just don't see them utilized when things are going well. So uh, w- why? 
what's why why Rian why explain it to me I don't know um (laughs) and uh you know I I don't know and that's that's what I'll keep coming back to what is it that I don't know um but uh I I truly believe let's take Chloe out that this game this team has been rattled in every game and lost their stability their foundation and so I felt like the game needed like a Chapman and a Schmidt um we could argue Sankey's role and in, in whatever we're saying right now. But I, I think I got a comment from a friend who doesn't know much about Canada soccer. And all they said is it looks like Canada's got fewer players on the field. And that's, that pretty summed, summed up the game. And in yeah, some ways we did. We right? Overrun. Overrun. And I think we probably had two players, if not more, who were playing through injury and were not, not to their level. I'm sorry, but Keish is, might be six. I think she's injured. I like, she's, that's not Kadisha Buchanan. Mm-hmm. Um, I really felt like there were players that were just like, even Jessie ran her butt off and did everything she could, but that's not Jessie Fleming. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't see the flashes. You didn't see the quickness no. and that, Gosh. and that's why, and then Kaylin Sheridan, we, we didn't see the best of Kaylin Sheridan. So, no. you know, you're, you're never going to be able to hang when, when you can't elevate the game, when, when you're backstopping isn't of the quality that you expect, but that's why that I keep coming back to it. But, but Lacasse, like the, her dynamism and and the way that she can quickly cut in and beat players and separate on the dribble. Like we didn't have anybody else doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Chloe Lacasse has been a top talent for quite a while. She's been really strong in the Portuguese. Like she's been getting those numbers. Bev's the first coach has even called her in. So there's, there's this thing where, yeah, she, she, in my opinion, should have been playing, but I think um, we also have to recognize that Bev is the first coach in a long time who's brought in, bought through a lot of youth, this next generation coming through. Um, That is something that because she worked in Canadian youth soccer, she's aware of, of these names. She's given them opportunities and, and giving them chances and, um, so I'm defending her here only in that like Chloe was never in with the national team until Bev arrived, right. which is, it's not like Chloe came out of nowhere. She's been putting up big numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember talking to her years ago and just being like, well, we're not ready yeah. for you yet. And, and her I, being like, I'm going to show you you're wrong, which she did. Yeah. Um, so Good for her. Yeah. yeah. Well, long may her inclusion continue. I think yeah. you can't, you can't ignore you. She has to be a, a foundational piece kind of going forward, but all of her development happens or most of her development with Benfica in that Portuguese league. And I think you see the progression and the quality um, and how that's evolved in, in Portugal in that result that they get against the U S yeah. and um, we'll, we'll finish with this. We won't dive into the result uh, too much, but no. did you see Carly Lloyd's comments? I did. Yes. Sort yes. of vilifying. So for anybody who didn't see, so Carly Lloyd is on the Fox panel and I think she has, um, she has an ax to grind. She has issues with um, some of those players, in particular, Megan Rapino. Um, but she was very vocal in sort of policing and vilifying, in particular, Megan Rapino, um, Morgan, and Crystal Dunn dancing mm. after the game. And um, also um, Trinity Rodman um, s- taking lots of time to, to sign autographs and to take pictures with fans. Mm. And um, I take issue with anybody policing women's behavior, whether you're a man or a woman, like fuck right off. Um, And this is a team that, yes, they've underperformed. I think you have to give all credit to Portugal, but they're celebrating the fact that they're through to the next round. 
And mm-hmm. I have absolutely no problems with that. So I wanted your take on Carly Lloyd's comments. You know, I've met Carly Lloyd a bunch of times and I always enjoy her company, but Carly Lloyd was great because she has that shark mentality. That's who she was. She's cold-blooded. She's cold I mean, she is that black and white about the game. eyes are really far apart. (laughs) I didn't say that. I know. Uh, (laughs) I know. We didn't say that. Disclaimer. I I think everyone talks about her winning mentality. And in in that way, she she won. Like, she was the best in the world. That I'll never forget that finals where she just came alive, right? Through injury, she got those opportunities and got pushed forward. Um. And people love her for it and they hate her for it because she has no gray, that woman. She's just like, it is or it isn't. And um, if she were on that team right now, she would have probably done a Kelly O'Hara and been right in there and just telling her teammates where she, what she thought of that performance. Um, mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I also think we can't lose the fact that this is, it's a privilege to play the game and they've got through the group. They have not performed well, but what does it add to be there? sulking and pouting after a game where you didn't perform, you have another game coming up. Team unity will be crucial for them going mm-hmm. through now. And uh, it'll be a very interesting um, next few games for them. I would say obviously Sweden up next. So going, getting negative about it as in like really. Um, I don't think it's helpful. It's not helpful. I loved what Trinity Rodman did. Like us fans travel en masse to these tournaments they're frustrating as all hell when you're on opposing teams. And it's a beautiful thing to watch just this mass of people that come and support their teams. So to be that young and to be willing to stay out there and make not just the day, but like in the career of a young person. I remember, did you see that picture of Abby Wambach and Sophia Smith when she yeah, was young? I did. That's what's happening right now. That's what's happening. Those young people that are meeting their hero. Um, And this tournament is phenomenal for it. we got two African teams coming through. Um, I love how today we got Panama scoring three against France, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is a tournament. Yeah, Jamaica getting through. Oh, Jamaica, just Bunny Shaw. Oh, Oh, I know. She went to Tennessee, yeah. Did she? She did. Um, Just will always be. Oh, sweet, sweet, home to me. Me. You know that Nebraska. I think um I think it's it's exciting. That that result from the US is obviously um hard for Americans to watch, but they've made it through the group. That is the goal. You get through the That's group. It. You want to play, you get the result. Absolutely. And Canada's first bronze. Uh, we went through with four points and um you know, then then you start knocking out the the teams after that to to work your way through. This is this mm-hmm. is um, them through. They have to learn from this and get better. But what's the point being miserable about it right after the game? There's no point. So no, no point at all. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, Lloyd, she's never not been who she is. She's not pretended to be anything other than, and uh, she's hired because of that. She's not hired to try and be PC. She says what she thinks. Yep, like it or don't. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> not a big fan over here. Big fan yeah. of her as a player. Tremendous player. But She's annoying uh, as hell as I, a player too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. No, but I did uh, I did not enjoy those comments. No. But I, I think it's also, and you mentioned Kelly O'Hara. So Rose Lavelle, like the Vlatko Andonofsky was talking about really 
controlling and, and, and managing her minutes as this, they went through this tournament, Megan Rapinoe's as well. And she picks up that yellow and Kelly O'Hara immediately arm around her at the final mm-hmm. whistle because yeah. they're going to be without Lavelle in that game against Sweden. So that's uh, that's an important piece missing for the U.S. Is it, or are we now going to see a different combination that works? Well, they, they have the depth. They do. You know, that any, anybody else can can step in there. Yeah. But I think she she brings a certain um, creative thrust, and she's just a, a force in there and, and a dynamic presence that I don't know if a lot of other players have, and she seems to – to bring out that 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 connective piece that that unites the team and creates that cohesion in a way that I don't think anybody else does. So I still think that, like you said, someone else can step up and they do have lots of different talent at their disposal. But she's unique, I think, in her ability to 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 elevate the game and to bring out that that creative nuance. I don't know yeah. if anybody else has that particular spark. Well, I think Demello does, and so I I you think Demello does. Yeah, I, yeah, she's earlier on that journey but she's healthy and she's, if, she, if the, the enormity of the occasion doesn't get the better of her, if she's got that stability around her, I do think mm-hmm. that there's players that un- uncapped prior to this world cup. Yeah. 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 So she's got no pressure on her because there's no expectation. So let's see what happens. Um, but it'd be fun to watch. And then I was just looking at like likely France, Germany coming through possibly next, yeah. next round, there'll be some big, big games. And then, you know, Jamaica, Colombia. We've got. I, I I'm so excited for under sixty. Obviously, we've got games tomorrow morning just to finish off yeah. um, the brackets. But um, I think this has been one of the most yeah. exciting World Cup, and that's talking through my disappointment at seeing my country depart early. But uh, the most exciting World Cup um, in the women's game we've yeah. seen. It's fabulous. Lots of great um, surprises. Lots of great narratives, and um, and England potentially facing, or no, England actually will be against Nigeria. Yeah. And maybe a, a clear path for them, but I think lots of unknowns, lots yeah. of ability to, to surprise. And I think what a what we can maybe we need to we need to wrap this up. Uh-huh. Like Serena Viegman adapting in the absence of Kira Walsh, um, yeah. fabulous performance by them. England flying. Yeah. I think that they have had some scares, and they've had some close games that they've had to battle. I think they'll be ready for Nigeria, but Nigeria is going to push them. I think it'll be a one goal game difference. Heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Rian Wilkinson looking into her crystal ball. All right, so we'll wrap it up, but um, check out fubotv.ca slash footy prime. Premier League starting, not before the World Cup's done, I don't think. But anyway, your focus should be on the Women's World Cup, but <laughs> fubotv.ca for all your Premier League stuff. Uh, August 18th, so yeah, so get, get stuck in there with your prem, but August 20th will be the Women's World Cup final and uh, tonybet.ca for... Any bets you want to place, Reen Wilkinson said it. Nigeria, England, one goal game. Maybe get in your unders there. That's my favorite bet because I know nothing about betting. But TonyBet.ca for all your betting. But thanks, friend. Always a good chat. All right. Thanks, Ames. See you soon. Yeah. Yeah. And with with Dee, Diana Matheson, Project Aid, and kind of big picture stuff next pod. So thanks, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. No, I don't endorse that. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 